there was an electrical uh, fire up there and it literally tore through the building <laughs> and basically went right through my shop and that was it. I was oh. suddenly without a, a shop anymore. Wow. On today's show, I'm speaking with Danny McCabe, founder of Mama Tribe. Danny tells us about how disaster befell her first business, how that same disaster brought with it a sense of clarity and helped her to shape her vision for starting Mama Tribe. We talk about what really goes on behind the scenes of building a brand which, despite being just a year and a half old, currently has a reach of around 50,000 people. We talk about the importance of kinship and community for us mothers and business owners and how you can build your business in a way that allows for work-life balance. Danny is incredibly honest about sharing her experiences of starting not one, but two businesses, dealing with imposter syndrome, infertility, and yearning for true connection with other new mothers beyond that banal conversation about how your baby's sleeping or pooing and more. So let's get to it. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother, not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, Limitless Mothers. Welcome to the show. Joining me today on the show is Danny McCabe, friend, previous client, current collaborator. Danny is the founder of Mama Tribe, a directory of small businesses, a kick-ass community, and a creator of some incredible content, all brought together to serve women through business and motherhood. Here's what I love about Dani. She has the biggest heart. Sounds a bit cheesy maybe, but it's totally true. I've never met somebody so singularly focused on serving women in business. She cares so deeply about the small businesses and brands she works with. Everything she does puts them front and center. Dani has such a talent for seeing opportunities, whether that's opportunities for tribe members to increase their exposure for their businesses something I think you'll all agree it's hard when you're working alone as a small business owner and opportunities for collaboration, connecting people for their mutual benefit. If anybody embodies the spirit of collaboration over competition, it's Danny. Hello, Danny. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So we could dive right in talking about everything that you've achieved with Mama Tribe so far. But actually, I'd like to backtrack a bit because what our listeners may not know is that Mama Tribe isn't your first foray into business, is it? Tell me about your entrepreneurial streak. Where did it start? So um, back in 2011, I think it was. Uh, I opened a business uh, which was on a high street it was a bridal boutique mm-hmm. and um, I set that up completely on my own and launched it and everything and it was going really well and then literally just before its third birthday there was a fire in the flat above it because it was um, high street premise with a residential flat above mm-hmm. and uh, there was an electrical f- uh, fire up there and it literally tore through the building <laughs> and basically went right through my shop and that was it. I was suddenly without a a shop anymore. And um, it was a couple of days or day even before New Year's Eve. So it was kind of like not the best way to start that year. 
And yeah, it was because of it being a bridal boutique, the only good thing about it was that that time of year meant I hadn't got many of my actual clients' um, dresses in the actual showroom, in the actual shop, mm. um, just because of the time of year. If it had been middle of summer, it had been a complete situation. So that was the good side to it all. Um, and with, you know, a lot of sort of negotiating with my insurance company, I managed to rent like an office space and go and um, mm. move all of the new dresses as they did arrive for all the brides that were getting married that following year after the fire. Um, so I was able to store everything in there and then basically continue to kind of see those clients through to the end of their sort of agreement with me, which was, you know, to walk down the aisle. So, yeah, mm. it was kind of a stressful time. Wow, it took them 16 months to actually rebuild the building. But in that time, um, you know, being a, a service industry, you know, wedding industry business, it requires a beautiful shop and it requires all the stock and all the finishing touches. Mm. And being in a little office opposite Travis Perkins on Industrial Park wasn't really <laughs> cutting it. So basically, <laughs> I continued to, um, you know, keep the business rolling to fulfill all my sort of agreements with my existing brides. But that was it. I was out of business suddenly. So um, it was very stressful, but it kind of also made me reflect a lot on what I had created as a first business completely on my own what mm. worked what didn't work and helped me then to set up my next business so wow. yeah not all bad so how did you feel at that point though when you found out that your business had burnt down oh it's just it's one of those insane moments in your life you know you have these little things that you know come along and challenge you and you can't believe it's quite you at the time when the journey mm. you know when you're at the beginning of that journey and it's all happening it was insane. I mean, literally, I got the phone call to say that there was a fire on the high street. You know sometimes, don't you, when it's just going to be your bit of bad luck. Just that sinking And I was feeling. like, oh no, I'm going to drive up now. <laughs> so I was like, okay, driving up. And I could see the smoke above the high, all the buildings um, as I kind of came up the hill towards the high street. And then as I got closer and I was going down further and further down the high street, I was like, Yep, that's getting to my end of the high street. Yep, that looks like there's smoke outside my shop. Yep, that's my shop. Damn it. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, God. Right, how are we going to deal with this one? So it's a mixture of kind of like you go into, you know, bike mode and you survival mode and everything. You deal with it all, don't you? But at the same time, it's complete kind of like utter disbelief that that's actually even happened to you. And this is now part of your story. Yeah. But as I say, I mean, you know, positives come out of it. And they definitely do. And in a way, it's like, bizarrely now I'm thankful for it. I was going to ask you um, that, actually. Is, yeah. yeah. A strange kind of way to look back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like when you do look back that, <laughs> that, that part of you, I mean, you would never want a fire to burn your shop down, but that part of you is glad. Do you feel like how different your life would be if you'd continued in the wedding business? and slotting motherhood in with that compared yeah. to what you're doing now. Yeah, I really underestimated um, how much of a full-on hardcore business it was um, being you know, in the shop 24-7, it felt like, because there was no switching off. Um, brides, because I had brides literally from all over the world. I had an Australian bride, American bride, and so on, getting married in the Cotswolds where I was based. Mm. Um, and so you know, I had girls emailing me and brides as a lot of us are married we know how it we, what it feels like to be the girl getting married it's like your world revolves around that wedding day so you know brides are fairly impatient and quite demanding and not always 100% logical 
and lovely. A bit like toddlers, well. right? And um, yeah, it just became this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it became really full on. And um, because I was running it on my own, I had literally a seamstress and like a Saturday girl. There wasn't really anyone to turn to. And I, I thought being in a shop on a high street, I mean, I did have some of the other local shopkeepers to keep me company as such, but it was really quite full on and stressful and also meant I was actually tied to this shop premise which I thought would, I'd have way more flexibility, but I wasn't. I actually had to be there. People expected me to have the door open at my set opening hours and brides would want to turn up regardless of if they got an appointment or not, you know, just because they wanted to check me out or come and ask me a question or look at their dress again. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, basically with having, I only had one child at the time and my plan was this great business that I'd set up would be something to keep me busy whilst mm. he was at school. But I mean, he was only 10 months when I opened it and it burnt down before he'd even started school. So that didn't really work or go to plan. But the hindsight was that I had that amazing kind of, um, it was about, well, it was about 10 months before he started school where the business had burnt down. Everything was in like a lockup office opposite Travis Perkins. And um, it meant that I could come and go as I pleased. And I had the appointments with my brides were only as and when I said, because there was nowhere for them to come and knock on the door that they could get to. So I had suddenly all this time with my little toddler, well, little boy before he started school. And it made me go, thank God I haven't got that shot because that was precious that time. Mm. And I was so pleased to have that time with him. And one thing that I, one of the, the days after the fire, when I kind of, you know, was crying and stuff like that, kind of devastated that I'd lost this thing that I'd built up it was kind of like my second baby in many ways but I also cried for the fact that I'd put my baby into childcare from 10 months old to build up this business empire and mm. it had burnt down and I'd lost all that precious time with my baby and so I had a lot of guilt surrounding that mm, but in that hindsight I'll say it made me go I don't want to be in yeah I don't want to be though locked in a shop and I don't want to be kind of um, 24 seven, you know, accountable to these brides and have such a demanding type of business like that, where it is, they require me to give them the feedback and the help and the support, um, in the way that the brides required it. I needed a different type of business. And so, yeah, it gave me a lot of time to reflect and figure out what I, what I'd enjoyed and what I hadn't enjoyed about having that type of business and what I wanted for me and my family and how I was going to make it work with another business compared to that one. So no, it wasn't all bad. So you learned a huge amount by the sounds of it in terms of setting up a business that actually was going to suit you better in terms of the flexibility that you could be there more for your family. Um, at which point, how long did it take you to then come up with the idea for Mama Tribe? How did that transition happen? Well, it's, it's kind of weird because in a way, um, before I actually came up with Mama Tribe as an actual idea I'd started to do elements of what I'm doing now for Mama Tribe in the wedding industry so I'd already created um, like a collaborative um, collective of um, high-end bridal um, suppliers so people that kind of worked in across the Cotswolds in the area I did um, I sort of started working with different venues and then getting all the different suppliers together and I'd invite them for an event at my shop um, and we put on this big kind of showcase for brides that were getting married the following year to let them see all of the different suppliers in one room or I'd organize an event with a venue so that again brides or suppliers could all come together so weirdly I have been kind of doing that, what I do with Mama Tribe, which is bring people together, which is, you know, kind of help network people 
um, and connect people. Um, I kind of was doing a lot of that already. So I suppose in a way it was kind of the idea for Mama Tribe came about in what I'd enjoyed from the wedding industry side of it and where my strengths lay in that industry and kind of transferring that into something now that I was passionate about and knew also that would work for me and my family. So as it was, I, after um, the fire and everything, um, and whilst I was dealing with the aftermath of that, literally, I went through IVF to try and have our second child because unfortunately we couldn't conceive naturally. We had that annoying unexplained infertility issue. So um, we suddenly had like a break in our life where my shop burnt down. So you know why not just suddenly you know start IVF because you know got a bit of downtime now <laughs> so um whilst I, was doing, whilst I was going through the whole IVF journey I got onto forums um started chatting to other mums like that and didn't necessarily like some of the existing forums that were out there at the time this is back in 2014 um and I also then, as I then did get pregnant, I started to kind of think about, you know, creating a nursery for my new baby. And because it had been quite a long journey and a difficult road as well, I I had a lot of focus. All my attention was on that baby on that journey. Mm. Um, So I kind of wanted to create a nice nursery and buy bits and pieces. And Instagram was suddenly, you know, the place that I started to look through. And so the idea kind of came about quite organically from me literally going, okay, um, I might get something like that for the baby's nursery. Now, what was the name of that company again? I'd seen a picture of it in this nursery, you know, decor, whatever, on Instagram, and can I find it again? And it had the name of Bear something, you know, or I don't know, whatever, Baby This Blue, all these different little names. I couldn't remember any of them. Um, and so I tried to jot things down, or I tried to kind of, you know, tag them and follow them. But it, it didn't matter what you did. The algorithm meant that these little companies I'd come across didn't necessarily come back up on my feed. Mm. So, um, yeah, I was just like, wouldn't it be great if there was this like, directory or something, this way to kind of find all of these small little independent businesses, the businesses that I'd really like to buy from um, that were a bit different and I didn't want to shop on the high street. I, want, I liked all kind of supporting these women, these small businesses, and but I just didn't know how to keep finding the businesses each time. I'd spot them once and kind of find them again. And obviously if you Google search something like that, a small business like that, you're not going to find it again. (laughs) They're like on page three, bless them. (laughs) Or you try and scout through Etsy or whatever. So, um, yeah, I basically thought, well, a directory would be a brilliant idea for, you know, creating something where we could all kind of like a resource we could all, you know, go to, like a yellow pages for women in business, yellow pages of small businesses. So that's kind of how it came about. And then as I thought about, well, how am I going to make this into an actual business? How will I make it um, something that is interesting, that kind of fulfills all the different elements of what I like to do? And then going back to my kind of previous sort of experience of, bringing together a community of wedding suppliers, I was like, well, maybe I can help the women in business. And then as a woman myself in business with a family, understanding how hard it is to kind of set something up around having young children, working for yourself, working on your own, all the kind of questions you have when you're working on your own and Mm. who to turn to and just wishing you, instead of having to, you don't have enough money to keep employing solicitors or you know a a legal team or graphic team or whatever to help you with little questions or a tech person or Mm. a HR person you know sometimes you just need a community of people that you can ask them the questions that sometimes are quite silly or little or you just need confirmation on something and it would just be great to have that community of people around you so that was kind of the other element of Mama Tribe it was about building this community and being able to help 
all these women in business, um, these small independent businesses have a point um, of like a resource they can go to or a community they can turn to. So it kind of all naturally, organically sort of developed. And then it's just kind of grown really. (laughs) And it has grown fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how many months am I into it now? 15? I lose track. But um, March 2017, um, it launched on uh, International Women's Day. Love that. And yeah, we, yeah. (laughs) Do you know what? It was a bit of a fluke. I kind of, I've been, you know, pushing, putting the pressure onto the web designers. Come on, come on, come on. Um, they were building it from January 2017. We've been planning it into November, December 2016. Um, so, you know, in fact, a lot of the work happened in 2016, like domain names, um, you know, a lot of research went on back in 2016. And then building the website 2017. And then I was like looking at the camera cal- uh, calendar going, come on, guys, you know, build this for me, get it going. I really want to launch. And then I spotted International, uh, International Women's Day on the 8th of March. I was like, right, I want to launch on this day. Can you get it done? And they're like, oh, okay. And they saw the significance. They could see that this would be a good point. Yeah. So um, they managed to pull it out. You know, get it fire me. I mean, there was a lot of working to... Yeah, it did. It was good, actually. They did rally and, you know, do the final bits and push through it. And, um, and I was up till like two in the morning, you know, filling in the data on all bits and pieces I was doing, writing content, um, you know, just kind of getting the whole site ready to launch. Plus doing all the social media to kind of promote that this launch of this site was about to happen. So it's like you're, you know, burning fires. Oh God, I don't, no more fires though. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, yeah, trying to kind of keep it all going um, and get it all going single-handedly and build this big buzz. And it did, it launched really successfully and um, launched with, I think it was about 50 odd members. Um, by the time it Amazing. launched, you know, um, sort of pre-sales as such to get up before it launched so people were joining before there was even a platform to even see um so they were listening to what i was offering what i was building and they you know jumped on board before it even launched and then since then um it's been a roller coaster i mean goodness it's never straightforward setting up a business and although i still very much have my goal in my head i know exactly what i'm doing with mama tribe it doesn't mean that you don't kind of slightly go on a different sort of tangent with certain things because you realize what's going to work and what doesn't work mm. so it's evolving constantly um and because it's a very much an online tech business in many ways um what i'm having to do behind the scenes is quite um in depth and totally taking me out of my comfort zone i'm having to learn things like coding wow. um oh goodness and work on different parts of the website that i you know previously have no clue about but i've got quite good people I'm working with I've worked with you as well Uh, you've (laughs) helped me along the way and um, yeah so over the last 15 months there has been quite a lot of pausing to kind of go okay what's working what's not working Um, what do I need to invest in what is going to get me from here to there how am I going to do that because this isn't quite working I'm going to have to figure something else out so you know it it is an ongoing process and for me my goal is now to get to the three years. <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry. Um, yeah, get to the three years and um, and let it kind of feel like it's um, achieved that initial setup journey. Because I do feel that when you get to that three year hump, you kind of you know whether or not your business is really working at that point. Um, and there's a lot of kind of investment and rethink leading up to that point where you can then sort of start to reap the benefits hopefully and sit back a little bit and go okay I've built something here that's working 
which is exactly where my wedding shop was. And then it burned down. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this time then you've like taken what you've learned. And then obviously, you know, with an online business, it can't burn down, you know, so <laughs> kind of guaranteed a bit more success that way. Um, I love that you've talked about that, that the fact that it, you know, it's that kind of three year process really in terms. And I love that you talked about taking stock regularly and saying, Hey, what's working? What isn't? Do we need to shift slightly? What are the investments that I need to make along the way? Because I think these are all the things that it's easy to get lost in the messaging online. Lots of success stories are out there and I love celebrating success um, of, you know, my community, your community. I love it. But the only problem with celebrating successes is that we don't always talk about honestly enough what goes on behind the scenes to get us there. And it isn't always pretty or sexy stuff, right? Like tech issues, that's not sexy, you know, and investing in stuff like tech isn't the kind of fun, big, shiny stuff like, oh, I'm in this really high level mastermind. That's quite fun. Or I'm at this retreat. That's quite fun. But there's a lot that goes on to actually make it happen. So I love that you've talked about that because I don't want to ever put anybody off because it's absolutely achievable. You know, we're two regular people sitting here. We've created businesses. You've created multiple. So it's absolutely achievable. But you know, there are kind of twists and turns and you do have to make some tough decisions sometimes. And you do have to sometimes learn some stuff that you were, weren't expecting to have to learn. I think one thing that um, I think you're really great at it and it probably comes naturally to you. But one thing that surprises a lot of people when they start a business is that they have to be great at marketing and they, you know, didn't necessarily come into the game to be good at marketing. And I think that's why actually Mama Tribe is so successful and does so well because it helps those small businesses, right, with that side of things because you give that platform, don't you, yeah. for people to expand their reach and things. Is that something that you noticed as a kind of an opportunity there to help those people who have started these brands because they're perhaps makers or creators or they like helping people in a certain way, but they were lacking that kind of ability to get themselves out there. Yeah, massively. Um, so again, going back to the wedding industry, I was working with um, jewellery makers, florists, uh, photographers, cake makers, and so on. Um, all elements of a wedding. And a lot of these people were, you know, similar to me. They'd maybe, you know, had children, um, left their previous career, had set up a new small business, and they're very skilled at doing you know, one thing or another and whatever it is they're selling, but they didn't actually have the skills to market themselves. So, you know, there I was um, with these brides that come into my shop, you know, I was very good at kind of promoting my shop. I had, you know, people, as I've said before, coming from all over the world. Um, and so once I've got that bride in my shop, I've got, I've got their target audience. So the best thing I could do then is say, well, look, you're here now, let me bring in, and here's the cake maker, here's the photographer, here's the decoration, the you know, wedding planner, here's, you know, let me link you up with this person. So I was able to help those people very easily. And it's a similar thing as what I'm doing now, although it's all online, pretty much. Um, huge amount of talented women that are making amazing things, or also women in business that are offering a service. Um, but maybe, you know, what they're good at is accounting and bookkeeping. What they're not so good at is marketing, the fact that they're a brilliant accountant mm. or bookkeeper. But all of us, if we're running a business, that's what we need. <laughs> um, so it's about helping that person by all of these other people in business that at some point are going to need an accountant um, to help them do, you know, at least one of the sort of jobs throughout their year, which is, you know, filing stuff ready for the lovely Batman. So, um, yeah, I think... 
that's kind of always been a part of it that I am naturally kind of understanding how they could market their business and how I can help get them seen by their target audience. And that's kind of what Mama Tribe can offer a lot of these small businesses. So yeah, big part of it. It's wonderful. Um, the other thing I think that is so amazing about Mama Tribe is the is the, the tribe side, the actual being part of a community. So um, what our listeners might not know is that you um, used to live in the city and then you moved to the Cotswolds to with, I think, was it before you had your children with a view to having kids? Yeah, so exactly, yeah. presumably you had to create your own sort of support network um, around you in a new area. Do you think that having done that um that fed into you wanting to create community for for people online as well because um mama tribe is all about women who are you know predominantly mothers and business owners in there so i think it has that kind of double benefit in terms of motherhood can be socially isolating running a business can feel quite lonely so is is that the gap that you were kind of looking to to fill there tell me a bit more about that yeah, definitely. So we um, were living in central London and um, prior to us leaving London, and, um, my husband and I had a business there. So we actually had health clubs. So again, a very social business, um, all about, again, community, because that's basically what gyms and health clubs are or were uh, when we were in London. And, um, and where we lived as well, right in central London, you know, we used to walk everywhere. So it was very much we lived in what felt like a little village within the city. Um, so when we left, it was a bit of a kind of, a, you know, shop to the system, living in an actual small town slash village. Um, and we'd moved to an area that was new to me, but not far away from my brother and sister. But other than that, we had, I had no friends that I knew um, in the area. And my brother and sister, obviously, they've got their friends, but they've been living here for years. And, um, you know, they were kind of established. I could see them occasionally. But um, it was kind of, yeah, it was very much moving to an area where you had to start again. But the thing is, I've got an old group of friends that are my uni girls. So it was like, oh, well, you know, we'll always meet up and see each other for weekends and stuff like that. But obviously, as soon as you start having children, we all know that that becomes harder and harder anyway. <laughs> kids take over. So um, when I had my first little boy, uh, I was here in this town and there was hardly, I, I barely saw anybody else with a child my age, you know, um, or another person my age. It felt very much like I'd moved somewhere that was a um, generation of older people or younger people. And it felt like there wasn't really anybody in their 30s at the time. But I think it's just because I didn't know how to access that community that was here. And because I hadn't gone to school here or got family here, I wasn't kind of able to see how to get involved. Plus, since I've had my second child, now there is actually more happening here in the town. Um, but yeah, at the time it was very lonely. Um, and also because I was um, already trying to have a baby, um, so it was four years of us trying to have our first child and then we had a little miracle with mm-hmm. him and he arrived. Oh. And then, um, but we were about to start IVF, um, but found out I was pregnant. And then it was another four years of hoping for another miracle before we then decided to go for the IVF and have the second. So what actually I did was um, not many people understood this kind of um, unexplained infertility journey that I was on. Nobody was really Mm. talking about it. And I'd moved away from all my friends and I was now living in this small town. So I wasn't about to blurt out to anybody else that, you know, oh, I'm trying to get pregnant, can't. (laughs) Or I've just had a baby and I'd really like to have another baby, but, you know, still can't. So, you know, and also even with the the new baby, it's like... um, I don't want to go. I went to baby groups that I paid to go to and I didn't necessarily want to sit there and just chat about, you know, how many poos you'd done that day or how many oh my hours God, yeah. you had and had and had. I wanted to 
I wanted to know kind of that person I was talking to, yes, their baby was very cute and they were, you know, seem lovely, but it's like, who are you? What do you do? Like, yes, I know you're a mum and your baby's this old and slept for this many hours, um, but what, who are you? What do you do? And I don't, are you beyond I don't care that? Yeah. about anything. Yeah, I don't care about what, anything else about your baby. Can you just tell me a bit more about you? I want to have a proper conversation. So I found all these kind of um, groups really, really isolating because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't cope with them. They were just so brain deadly boring for me. Um, no offense to anybody, but I just couldn't cope with them. So I actually started going online and um, it was through trying to conceive. I um, literally joined a forum, which was called the TTC board and um, literally such chatting to other mums that were similar boat to me that were trying to conceive. And it would appear a lot of them were um, hiding out at work um, as in they were at work, they were trying to look like they were normal and just life was ticking along tickety-boo. Actually, they were secretly in this kind of world of turmoil where they're trying to have a baby. They're hoping to be the next one to announce that they're going on maternity leave, but they're not. They're still stuck at work. So I started mm. chatting to those kind of people. And then when I went through IVF, I ended up chatting to people online again. And I don't know what it was, but it, I don't know if it's because I didn't have a huge amount of friends around here at the time or that my closest friends were, you know, back in London or moved away as well to different areas of the country that I didn't have that kind of close friendship to be able to chat to anybody. So I ended up speaking to people online and what I found from back then all the way through to now talking to people online in business is that you can be a lot more honest in some cases when you're talking to people that you've never actually met in person. Yeah. There's something funny about that, isn't um, there? It's that kind of um, anonymity. Yeah, exactly. And you, but you can actually build really strong bonds with people that you've never met in person. And so I actually, um, when I went through IVF, I, w- I became friends with this group of ladies. We were all having the exact same sort of treatment, roughly, around the same time. So we're all in the, you know, the two-week wait and the various testing uh, times, literally at the same time. And then when we all got a uh, big fat positive BPF, whatever it is, if, uh, whatever it's called, the little thingy we used to call, um, then we all joined in this little kind of Facebook group just I have many of us I think it was eight or seven of us um because we were all going to be due in January 2015 and so we've carried on that little journey through our pregnancies which were the world's longest when you've done IVF it's like the longest nine months you can imagine Mm -hmm. um and then us all having the babies you know some early some late and so on and then one of those people is now a scout for Mama Tribe and works for me helping with my digital newsletters oh, wow. to go out to all of our members. That's so good. Because she saw me, yeah, she saw me um, after we'd had the, our babies and we're both on social media still and we'd kind of, you know, just got this ongoing friendship online. Um, then she saw me building Mama Tribe and just supported me. And then it wasn't until, was it earlier this year at some point, we met in Bristol for the first time ever and I've technically known her since 2014 and I met her for the first time this year so that I think just shows the power of community the power of how you can build relationships really strong relationships online with people that technically are strangers that your mum and dad or whoever might go that's weird that you're friends with somebody online but I mean that is completely how relationships can be formed these days yeah nothing weird about it and when you do get to meet in person it's even more amazing 
Yeah, it's so incredible. And it's something like, like, I think for our generation, because it's kind of something that's happened partway through, it's not, we're not natives to this. It does still feel a little bit weird that it can happen like that, but it absolutely can, can't it? And like, I've met some incredible people online and like, I, you know, feel like I know and love and I'm like really great friends with all of my clients and they're all in different places around the world. You know, it's really amazing. I went to a meetup once last year of a group of people I'd never met a single soul there traveled up to London I was like this kind of sounds quite weird from the outside <laughs> I'm gonna go to this event and it was like a big bunch of friends that I just hadn't seen for a while like there was nothing weird or awkward about it and I just love that and I love that you've done such an amazing job of fostering community with Mama Tribe um, I've been lucky enough to be at one of the Mama Tribe events before and it was just such an amazing wonderful group of women many of whom I am still you know in regular contact with today from either before online or meeting them at that event so I think that's an absolute credit to you the fact that you're so good at building community and you've built a community really fast haven't you how how big is is the kind of whole of mama tribe now so there's the paid membership side of things but there's also the bigger community how big is like the the reach right now yeah so um the reach is probably over 50,000 now Um, wow because we've got the following on Instagram, but then across all the other social media platforms, plus members, plus just readers that are engaging in the platform. So yeah, it's um, definitely over 50,000 now. So Wow, which I think, <laughs> think shows, yeah, that's amazing. I think that shows that there's such a kind of thirst for that community, isn't there, as mothers and business owners. The fact that you've gathered your tribe so um, fast is so impressive, which is a credit to you, but also it's because you've seen that need and you've provided a forum for those women to, you know, connect with one another, which I think is amazing. So I, I think we've talked about a few of these along the way anyway, but I'd love you to talk about, because one thing I talk about in my community all the time is mindset. You know this, you've been a client of mine before. There's no escaping the mindset chat, right? <laughs> so I would love you to share some mindset challenges or maybe limiting beliefs or fears that you've had to overcome, like feel the fear and do it anyway, or overcome in some other way in order to get where you are today with Mama Tribe in particular? Yeah, I think um, it's been written about quite a lot recently, um, like this imposter syndrome. Mm. I've read it in Red Magazine and so on. But I think um, in many ways, that's probably been one of the hardest things for me to kind of deal with. Because um, I, you know, I've got various experiences in business, and um, you know, my my story I've kind of told a bit, um, but that doesn't mean that I kind of feel I'm I'm able to kind of necessarily share with any kind of authority or such. But people will be asking me questions; they'll come to me or ask me things, and I know I can help and. Um, I know there's more that I can do, but sometimes I don't have the belief that people are going to want to hear what I've got to say or, mm. or that, um, that what I'm saying is important or relevant. And also I kind of forget as well a little bit, you know, I've sort of had my journey so far and obviously learned quite a lot, on, a lot along the way. And obviously some of that information is of great use to people. And I kind of forget that actually what I've got to say there is of use. So I think some of the problem I've struggled with is having the confidence in what my ability, um, where my strengths are, um, what I know, and actually realizing that that is worth something and um, I should be using it as part of my business. 
And yeah, I think that's, well, as you know, because that's something we've talked about in the past is how to actually kind of, even when I'm really fearful of, you know, embarrassing myself or, I don't know, fainting at something, actually being able to stand up and talk in front of people um, and have the confidence in what I'm saying and that people will be interested and that there's an element of my, you know, that's a, a large part of my business is that and that I can do it. It's really, it's something I really do struggle with. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love I love that you've been able to share that and thanks for being so honest about that because I think that will really resonate with so many of our listeners today. I, I think imposter syndrome feeling the, having those doubts about do people really want to listen to what I'm saying? Who am I to be saying this is something that we kind of all especially when we are the face of our brands we all come up against it right and it's easy for us to compare ourselves to other people out there and always to compare ourselves to the people who have invariably more experience or more qualifications or who are whatever extra thing that we think that we're not or we need and to then think that we come up short but we all have experience we all have gifts talents to give um and i love that you've been showing up for mama tribe and sharing your message anyway despite feeling like that sometimes but I really love that you've shared that because like I said I think just so many of the women listening will resonate with that and it's almost just that permission to say it's do you know it's okay to feel like that sometimes we don't have to feel like super confident like we are just slaying it at life all the time it's okay to have those fears and those doubts but the important thing is to just keep showing up right and I think some people might be surprised to hear you say that just because you know you come across so well online you have a really you know a wide reaching audience already you know what you've achieved is amazing with mama tribe in such a short space of time so i think it's nice for people to hear that and to know that actually those feelings aren't kind of wrong that we shouldn't be making ourselves feel wrong for doing them but it's about finding ways to work through them and to keep showing up anyway and i think i guess yeah. would you would you say that one thing that helps you to kind of get past it and to to go ahead with something anyway is that thought of you know, somebody actually needs that message, somebody out there needs what you've got to say? Yeah, I think so. Um, and also one thing I've learned is um, to also take things a little bit at your own time. So mm. um, so what I'm comfortable with doing uh, and what I'm happy to give of myself through my business, because I think so much of business now, um, you know, particularly with social media, marketing and so on, we have to be um, as up us as a person is part of the brand in many, many cases. People yeah. buy from people, don't they? So, um, you know, you are having to put yourself out there as part of whatever it is you're selling. It doesn't matter what you're selling, whether it be, you know, baby leggings through to a service, whatever. It's, you still are very much part of the brand. And so, yeah, if like me, you feel kind of, um, you know, that maybe um, like this imposter syndrome or that you just don't have the confidence, um, then, yeah, it's hard to actually put yourself out there. But I... Yeah, what I've learned is to take small steps and actually do things at a speed I'm comfortable in and don't be kind of looking around and seeing what everyone else is doing and thinking, well, I've got to do that or I've got to do this. Mm. Um, I think it's way more genuine to actually do it in a time that feels right to you in a way that is right for you rather than just copying or um, being affected by what other people are doing and trying to you know, keep up with the Joneses and such. Um, so, for example, you know, a lot of people are using IGTV and stories and stuff like that. And although I tell clients of mine and the members, you know, do use those um, sort of social media marketing tools, um, 
and you know get out there and just go for it I say all that but at the same time I do find it very hard to do it myself and so you know at times I go okay right that's it I'm gonna be strict myself and I post something every single day I'm gonna make sure I'm doing the story every single day but to the point where anxiety wise I am like you know freaking out going I can't do it I can't keep up with this I can't you know, first of all, I can't literally get myself looking presentable enough that I feel confident to be able to go and put myself out on a platform and be seen. Um, and I'm not organized enough. So it's too much stress and anxiety for me to do it like that anyway. Um, and also, again, because of confidence, I don't think I'm interesting enough that people would want to be seeing or hear me on a story every single day. But obviously, I do see other people doing it. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, should I be doing that? Is, is my business somehow not going to be a success because I can't do that personally? But then I'm thinking, well, no, because that's not what, who I am. That's not what my business is. And I will kind of get my message across in my own time in a way that's comfortable to me um, and that is sort of genuine and to me. Mm. I don't want to be kind of just following what others are doing. So I think, um, yeah, in terms of mindset, it's about taking on board and learning you know what's going to work for you and just being authentic to you and and you know looking at where your weak points are and where your strengths are but not beating yourself up about any of the weak points because Mm. you can still grow and evolve and change yeah and and none of us have only strengths right so there's no point beating ourselves up by about the weak points but I love that you say that about you know just taking your time and finding a way to do it in in a way that feels comfortable and good to you because I think that's such a a missed message out there that you know everybody's saying you must be doing this you've got to have YouTube you've got to be crushing it on IG stories you've got to be this you've got to be doing that and it's easy for women particularly small small business owners to be feeling like oh my god I need to be over here and I need to be doing this and I need to be doing that and I know that that kind of shiny object syndrome can set in and it can be very anxiety um, inducing when you feel like you've got to be showing up in all different places and in all different ways that you don't feel comfortable so I love that you've talked about you know your way of of getting over or getting through that imposter syndrome is by finding a way to share your message in a way that feels authentic and comfortable to you so that it's doable because there's absolutely no point putting that kind of pressure on ourselves and in a in a time that suits you so that you're not feeling that kind of oh I have to be doing it every day and it has to be at this time you know we can just create all these sticks to beat ourselves with if we're not careful can't we yeah yeah yeah. and you know we've got enough going on in our lives we don't need to be kind of creating this long list to do list you know for ourselves um you know there's more important things and that's one thing you know whenever I am feeling kind of anxious about what I should be doing for my business I actually then have a little kind of breather and go no but what do I need my business to do and what do I need for me and Mm -hmm. what do I need for my family as well so I'm in the Mama Tribe Network directory. Um, so I can just vouch for the fact that it's an incredible place to be. And like Danny has just told you all, there's so much to get involved in. There's so many opportunities for you to collaborate, find that all important community, and also um, get your brand or your business seen by other people as well. All reach, right? So there's power in numbers, which I love. So if you want to find out more about Mama Tribe, people can head to the website, mamatribe.uk, is it? Or find you at? Yeah, mamatribe.uk. At Mama Tribe UK. There's all the info. So yeah, that's it on all the social media platforms. So all the info's there, but obviously anybody can just drop me a DM and have a chat. And we will pop all of the relevant links into the show notes. Excellent. Thank you so much, Danny, for sharing your story on the show today with the Limitless Mother listeners. 
think it's been fascinating and inspirational and insightful in equal measure so thank you so much for your time today Danny. <laughs> well thank you for letting me whitter on <laughs> and so uh, it was lovely to chat to you so thanks ever so much. Thanks again to today's guest, Danny McCabe. You can find out more about how you can get involved in Mama Tribe at her website, mamatribe.uk. That's M-A-M-A-T-R-I-B-E dot U-K. And you can join the tribe on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Mama Tribe UK, or head over to the show notes for those links. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe over on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you would spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each week one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching session with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through the one thing that is currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.